Hey everyone, it's Deontay Chantel. Tonight we're going to do a live edition of the Journey to Develop Her podcast. And our topic for tonight is the greatest love. And we're going to have a fellow woman of God come on here. Christian, she'll be hopping on here in just a sec. But while we're waiting, let me know where you're checking in from. I'm in New Jersey, if you didn't know that. And a lot of you know of me from being a real estate developer, but Journey to Develop Her is a podcast that is based about real estate, but it's also about self-development, spiritual development. So tonight we're kind of going to bridge the gap um, with the theme of Love Day. It is Valentine's Day, right? So we're going to talk about the greatest love of all. And we're going to talk about dating and, you know, you know, relationships and all that good stuff. And most of all, love. So let me get her on here. Actually, have Jamaican. And shout out to Brooklyn. A lot of you don't know that I'm actually, I was born and kind of raised in Brooklyn. And I later on moved to Newark. Hello. Let everybody know who you are. Hi, you guys. My name is Christian with the Y, and I'm just excited to be here with Miss Deontay Chantel and everything. I am, uh, I wear many hats and everything. I'm a creative. Um, I also do ministry full time, and I do a whole lot of things on top of that. And I'm also event planner and wedding planner um, and decorator and everything. So, yeah. Yes. So Christian will be planning my proposal and probably my wedding. Absolutely. So, <laughs> you know, wherever that, whenever that's happening, which is going to be soon. God willing. But no, um, I, I just love Christian so much. We got connected um, by way of another ministry. And I don't know, we're just friends now. Like she's really a, a great woman, a woman, first of all, and then a woman of God. And now my sister in Christ. So love to have you on here. And we're doing a formal podcast. A lot of you see us on here cutting up most of the time, but we're, we're going to do this the right way this time around. Absolutely. And this will, this replay most likely, if all goes well, it will go on iTunes. All right. But right now, I just want y'all to share this with like five people, each of you, um, so we can get some more um, people on the live. But we are going to get started. So tonight we're going to be talking about the greatest love. And that is the love of God. Um, we're also going to touch on the topics of, you know, myself being an unmarried wife. I do consider myself a wife, even though my husband is not here yet. Um, but I am a wife regardless. I'm just unmarried, right? So we're going to talk about, you know, the single season, um, being unmarried, but also like um, dating as a single. <laughs> which we're going to try to stay on topic with that one. Uh, but dating as a single and, you know, expectations. But the, the, the main point of this is self-love and the love of God, which is the greatest love. So I just love that Christian, she does have some, she has a lot of, a lot of wisdom and revelation um, because she is a minister, of course. So, we are going to collaborate on this interview, but you know, we got our Bibles ready just in case, you know. <laughs> We're gonna come correct today. <laughs> today. Right. Okay. And if you guys have any questions, we do have the question box below. So you can drop your questions in. We will do some questions. Um, Q and A in the end. Okay. All right. So Christian. 
Good. I'm wondering what you're gonna ask me. I'm excited. Well, I, I don't want to make. No, I'm not gonna put all the pressure on you. Okay. I'm not gonna put all the pressure on you. <laughs> but for starters, for icebreaker, what is one of your favorite scriptures in the Bible about love? He loved us. We love because he first loved us. Um, and I grew up on that scripture. It has always been a favorite scripture of mine. I did that scripture even when I was in the debutante. Um, and as a debutante, I literally was like, we love because he first loved us. And um, that means so much to me because um, it shows me that I'm able to love people the way that I love people because God loves me so much. Um, and I'm so big on telling people uh, that I love them and just showing them what love is and everything like that. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. And I would say, what is my favorite scripture about love? And, you know, the interesting part is <laughs> I need to actually practice this one, practice what I preach, <laughs> apparently, right? <laughs> I know you, you're cracking up. <laughs> the Christian is laughing behind the scenes for a reason. Um, but when I first think about just love, even though this scripture doesn't technically have the word love in it, mm -hmm. I still think about Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah. Um, um, and let me just pull that up so I'm not over here freestyling, which I should know this by heart. Anyway. Um, so I do have my Bible up here, actually. Um, so Jeremiah basically reads, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And that's from the New King James Version. And the reason why I like that one for love is because it's really God. Before we were even a clot in our mother's womb, right? Before yeah. we were even thought of, God loved us. He already planned our life out. So that just shows me, like, before I even had a personality, before I even came out my mother's stomach or whatever, like, you loved me. You you called me into an office. You planned my life out. Now I kind of have to, you know, be in alignment to your perfect will but you already have it planned out for me like that alone shows me that um our heavenly father loves us so that's one of mine but the other one would be first corinthians 13 even though i need to practice that one. i need to i need to insert my name in there uh -huh. um, <laughs> as i prepare for the next you know chapter in my life but um yeah so i love that you know we both had a great um scripture to point out but yeah those are one of mine um so what i will say is let's talk about the, the juicy stuff right our singlehood which won't be for long it will, it will not be for long um but navigating that space like you know we'll say valentine's day or love day whether or not you celebrate it or not it's all around us. Like we, it is a very commercialized holiday. You got people out here, you know, they, they navigate on thin ice here. Okay. And you know, that's why I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy now that I think about it, um, that I won't be in any type of tempting situations. All right. I ain't got to <laughs> karate chop nobody in the balls or nothing. But anyway, you know, I'm not in those situations anymore. Um, I'm not attempting. Which is <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're okay, we're laughing. Yeah, probably be like, what are they laughing at? 
but no, pray, but praise the Lord. Like I, I mean, yeah, Valentine's Day. Um, I let's just say this: I know I will have better Valentine's Day in my future That's with my husband. That's Somebody's laughing. I don't know who that is laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh now i can see the comments i can't see the comments before oh i didn't even know um prosperous prince was on here yeah hey, bro what's going on oh michael too oh gosh <laughs> monica Hiya, Deja. Hey. hey so but no the good the blessing is that um even though i could have been like a little salty about today i literally was like you know what i'm so grateful to be alive yeah like i, I really love God. I, I'm Literally, I could be in a hospital. I could be in a crazy house. I could be in the grave. I could be in jail, right? But by the grace of God, I was able to get glammed up today and look you know, love on myself. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, someone said, for, for a reason, aren't you as beautiful as you are married? Not yet. I'm a wife, though, but I'm not married yet. Okay. I am a wife. I'm in waiting, but I'm not married yet. Now, a lot of you may or may not know, um, I was engaged to be married, but I, you know, I had to call up the wedding. So there we are on that one. So they want to know why. Oh, I called up the wedding. Yeah. So the person was not a bad person. He just wasn't my person. Let's just say that. Because he might watch this and I don't want it to be is though he's such a bad person he's just not my person so christian why are you single why am i single <laughs> oh i'm laughing because it's just so funny uh, um that friends, today friends you trying to come on here uh-oh <laughs> today mars a special uh day for me uh, hey what's going on y'all hey. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you, beautiful women of God. Oh, well, thank you. We appreciate you. Yeah, what's up? Um, so, 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 back to why you were single. Why am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, why am I? Single? I just think that I am still discovering parts of myself. Um, right now, as I'm single, that I would rather find out by myself rather than bringing someone else along with me. For right now. Um, but I am interested in being in a relationship. Um, but I ask myself every single time when I think that if I'm really ready for the relationship that I've prayed for personally, or if I'm really ready for the relationship that I'm requesting and requiring, am I the woman that my man wants to marry? Like I'm the wife that my husband wants, right? Now, you know, um, you know, I have to check my temperament, I have to check my patience. Why am I um, respectful to him, like check my mouth and my attitude, you know, um, at times. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I think that's why that's one reason, um, out of probably a little bit of why right now. And that's, that's good, that's really good. And I think that's what I'm learning now how to be led <laughs> properly. And <laughs> <laughs> and yeah but i feel like i can be led as long as it makes sense okay so i'm working on patience i'm I'm literally working on first corinthians 13 okay like I, I do need it i'm working on patience but i do feel ready 
and like by the end of the year i'll be ready right i'll feel ready and i think another thing like for me too um is that there hasn't been someone that i've been so interested in where i'm like i can see myself marrying you um barely dating you know so it's like i'm waiting for um not even waiting but just to find that equal interest in um and everything where it comes to my calling where it comes to my gifts when it comes to the personal life that i have for myself um you have to be somebody that has something going on for yourself um because i'm busy i'm productive and i need you i don't need you in my face 25 8 <laughs> all the time like you know what you doing you want to do this like don't ask me what i'm doing every five minutes like i'm probably come on you know um and everything and sometimes i get annoyed very easily too uh <laughs> we're not even gonna talk about that but don't get I, I was talking with a, i was talking with a friend um oh wait 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 you gotta introduce yourself because this is going on a real podcast oh oh no lord oh <laughs> I, I, I just I, i'm just a regular print just a just call Pro me brother prince. brother prince brother on instagram prosperous prince just in case yeah but um i was talking to a friend of mine and i was telling her um when a man is protective if he's if he's like a protector he's a provider he's also a man and that seems to come off as controlling sometimes because you can't control what you you can't protect what you can't control so he might want to know where you at where you going and your mind's like i'm grown Ooh, it's like yeah but if you're on the side of the road how can i protect you how can how you how can i know to you know what i'm saying like where I need to come pick you up from or what homegirls you you with that I need to call and check and see everything's okay if I don't hear from you, if I don't know things. So it might sometimes come off as controlling. I'm, I know some men are controlling, but it might come off as controlling. But sometimes it's like, if you really want to protect her, be ready for that man to show up. Maybe, you know, having certain standards and requirements as far as like want to know stuff. Where you going? Where you at? You know what I'm saying? Well, who you with? I might need to know those things. Listen, you can know every. You can have. You can track my phone. Okay. okay. <laughs> I like to say that. <laughs> like, show up. You could be in my skin at this point. Let's go. <laughs> so no, I mean I respect that. Um, and it it comes back to I think I started talking about being led, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm, actually got someone had actually said something to me the other day, and. You know, I'm ready to be led as long as you're leading me to the right place. Like, I, this is where it comes back to making sure the person that you marry is able to lead you. They're actually able to hear God also. Like, that's super important because you're not leading me into the wilderness. Like, I, you know, especially if I'm going to, if you're going to lead me. Yeah. So me being a woman that can hear God, Christian being a woman that can hear God, and I'm, you might be able to hear God too, friends. Um, but you being a man is a little different. We can't allow some guy that just don't know nothing about God. They don't know our father to marry us. Like, this is why I put up a post uh, a couple months back. In order for you to know me, you must know the father, my father. You can't even know. You can't even get to know me if you don't know my father. Because me too. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I had a conversation like that. And 
this gonna sound crazy, y'all, but I was like, that might be keeping a lot of women single. Listen, <laughs> at this point, you you you're not gonna leave me to hell. So it's so and, and I agree with you a hundred percent. But when you look at the ratio of men to women in the church, when you look at all this different stuff, it's like mm, I see why some women actually go outside the church to find a man. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes, but I, I'm not saying that what you're saying is wrong mm -hmm. because I agree with you. It's just mm. it is. It's hard, and this is why we all have to be active evangelism um, evangelists. Like you, you know, also have to evangelize to these men. Mm -hmm. You have to see another man actually worshiping, serving, wanting to get to know God, like for them to be influenced. You get what I'm saying? And then it does take women to bring men to Christ too. I mean, my ex, I brought him to Christ, mm. right? Mm. Um, but that was, it wasn't the right person to bring to Christ. But even though he's he's deep in, he, I mean, you, you know, he hears God and everything now, right? But you brought him to a little something else too, huh? <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, put it like this, when we got engaged, we were practicing abstinence. Okay. 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 Yeah, we were. Okay. But in the beginning, we wasn't. Okay. Um, I was, but I kind of fell into a situation where it ended up happening. This is why you, both parties should be equally yoked, okay? Because I was over there fighting for my life. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like. I'm trying to keep my purity mm. and he didn't even understand it even after we stopped having sex he still didn't understand he it was like he was just doing it because it was the right thing to do but he didn't deep down inside know the value of <laughs> using your body to honor god mm. and that's yeah across the board with how you eat what you do to your body it's not just sex which you're like literally what you're putting in your body what you consume with your sight with your ears like everything so he didn't understand that. Um, and I was a, a baby, baby Christian at the time. I'm still a baby, but I couldn't really articulate it. And we didn't really have um, the guidance at the time in the ministry we was in. So I always tell people, like, if you, like, for instance, the church I go to, it's a younger church. So we talk about sex all the time. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's not uncommon for us to talk about sex and how to avoid temptation. But if you're in a church where there's a bunch of older people, uh -huh. they're not talking about that. Not talking about that. So, no. It's like some of the younger guys in those churches, they, they don't ever hear about practicing. Um, I've seen it. And they yeah. out here having sex with half of the church. So I think yeah. it's a conversation but, that needs to be had. I hear you. And I was, I was actually just having a conversation with my mother a couple of days ago. And I was saying that a woman who doesn't have a personal relationship with God is is let's just say just people in general people who don't have a personal relationship with God is scary to me because it brings in my inner circle because um I know who I was before I knew God I didn't have a level of conviction so it's not about condemnation but it's about the spirit convicting you where a person who really loves our father like you said a person who really loves God you will make mistakes you're imperfect and you will even maybe even do people wrong but you will not continually do people wrong because the spirit will check you and say you need to make that right you need to make amends you need to apologize you need to you need to clean that up you need to like i don't know about everybody else but the spirit tugs on my heart to try to do what's right as well as the knowledge of god's word 
You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, contrary to God's word, I need to get in alignment with that, with God's word. So it is really important because left to your own mind and your own devices, you know, what's to keep you from, from doing anything? What's to keep you from taking my toothbrush and scrub, and scrubbing, the, scrubbing the toilet when we get in an argument? What's the key for nobody's looking? If you don't have a personal relationship with God that says, I'm not going to mistreat you, not just because I don't, I, because I love you. I'm not going to mistreat you because I love God so much. Right. My relationship with God. You remember when Joseph, when jo Joseph was, was getting ready, when the woman threw herself at Joseph, Potiphar's wife, he didn't say, I don't want to sleep with you. <laughs> He didn't say you're not sexy, you're not attractive, I'm not horny. He said, no, he said, how can I do this great thing and sin against God? Mm. Your, um, your your husband, your master, the master of this house, he's brought me in, he's put me over everything. And the only thing he's kept from me is you, his own wife. How can I do this great thing and sin against God? He didn't see sleeping with her as sinning just against him. He saw sleeping with her as sinning against his heavenly father. So when you have a personal relationship with God, it ought to convict you. So let's be like, oh, I'm not just going to not mistreat you because of my relationship with you. I'm not going to consistently mistreat you because I love God so much. I can't do I can't do my I, I'm not willing to do you like that. So it is so important that a person knows God and it, and it guides their moral compass. That's good. That, mm -hmm. was, that, was, good. that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the same way even if it was his own wife and he was cheating on his wife right mm. and i think mm. I, I don't know what we going i mean i'm like maybe they don't understand the covenant of marriage mm. Mm. you know what i'm saying mm. you're better off just breaking the covenant by leaving the person versus mm. stepping out or adding other people into the covenant. you know what i'm saying cheating on your wife or your husband so that was really powerful i mean but that's the what you oh. just said mm -hmm. um but then you have to think of the people that do understand the covenant of marriage and then they still go out and cheat like you know then it's the question of okay then what else this? was it you don't have any reverence mm. for god or you know was this you allowed your temptation of your flesh um the pride of your flesh like to overcome um the spirit that dwells within you or is it you know it has different questions like that too i don't think um always it's a matter of they don't understand it because then you have to think like you have people that knowingly and willingly like still fall into that trap of temptation and sin um and everything is so then it goes back into those hearts, motives, those intentions, um, and not saying that they're a bad person or anything, but you know, what, what did you allow in that moment to take over? Um, and to, what did you put, it's kind of like, what did you put above the word of God itself? Um, the covenant of God, the will of God uh, itself, your obedience to God uh, and everything. Cause you were talking about um joseph and his master he had reverence for his master he had respect for his master where it's like you're my master's wife like i cannot even go near this thing you are the one thing that he has withheld from me so why would i even go uh, why would i even tread in those waters uh, and everything when there's a green pasture literally right here um in front of you so i think that's something to take into question as well i think, I think sometimes people sometimes
not not in every case, but sometimes people are mad at God. And that, a lot of times, it w if you try to do things, you give your life, and I've experienced this because I've also been mad at God sometimes. And sometimes when you're trying to live for God and trouble keeps coming your way, it can sometimes begin to feel like if you are my father and you're God, why are you allowing me to go through this? And I'm not saying it's right because at the end of the day, I feel like everything God does is right. And even the things that he allows to hurt us. But what I'm saying is how people process it in their mind. They can sometimes think, you know what? Serving God ain't really working. Um, blah, 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 this, that, and the third. So then it's like, I'm not going to really keep doing what's right because not benefiting me anyway it's not keeping me from experiencing pain it's not keeping me from experiencing hurt or maybe they go through something and say like maybe their pastor tries to hit on them or 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 does something their pastor falls away and that was the same person who led them to god they'd be like what's the point of serving god if he's this great man who was greater than me did something what's the point so people have this tendency to give up on god and then that will justify how they start doing contrary to what God's word might say or what their moral compass might say or what the Holy Ghost is grabbing on their heart to do. It, it's not necessarily right, and I'm not justifying it. I'm just rather explaining it. I think that's why. And like when you said about cheating on your wife, I was married for three years, and me and my wife were very heavy in the church. And at the time I was living in Atlanta, I never cheated on her, um, but I thought about it a lot. I thought about about it a lot and the only thing that kept me from cheating was my prayer life was so that i always believed that scripture that says before you bring your gift to the altar first make things right with your brother so i never felt right praying when i knew i did i needed to get things right with my wife because i'm like i that the words say don't do that. I can't bring my gift to the altar if if things ain't right with my with your brother or things not right with my wife. So I would. So the only thing that kept me from doing it was I knew if I cheated on her, I was gonna have to tell her before I prayed, because I I wouldn't be able to pray if I didn't tell her. And if I didn't pray, it was really gonna mess my life up because I needed to pray every day. So the thing that kept me, sadly to say wasn't that I was just such a great man. It was because I knew I would have to tell her because it would mess my prayer life up. So still my personal relationship with God kept me from cheating on her. But it wasn't my, because I was such a morally good person or my hormones or I was so disciplined. No, I just know if I do this, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to tell you before I go back and talk to the father again. So that's why I say like that personal relationship. And at that time, there was no anger towards God. There was no feeling like, God don't show up for me. But then later, years later, I, there was things that happened. I was like, man, is even serving God even worth it? And then there was behaviors that I began to do. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, like shh, I don't even, even, but in, it, I'm not justifying it, but just rather explaining it. Yeah. And I think something, um, because it runs deeper than that, you know, and I think it goes back into the conversation of navigating your singleness and not falling into those symptoms. Uh, temptations of your flesh, you know, um, even when it comes to, because we're talking about godly dating, you know, we're talking about dating within the church, we're talking about dating as a Christian, um, not necessarily dating into the world where the world can take 
uh, different principles from um, our perspective and everything, which we find out like they do that anyways. But um, when you, you have to have something, let me put it like this. It, it runs so much deeper that then it's like, even if you don't have reverence or if, if you are mad at God, then it's like, okay, then why is it this thing exactly that I keep running back to? Uh, why is it love uh, that I keep running back to? Uh, um, sin and why is it masturbation? Why is it uh, fornication? Why is it all of these things? Why is it sex that I keep running back to? Why is it drinking that I keep running back to? Um, learning those things and even um, in and um, learn, learning what um, I lost my train of thought. Not that your computer. Your phone. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Somebody did just hey, call me. I didn't turn my phone you Back to that. <laughs> you said what? I said you was cooking. And you was basically saying, what what is it evaluating? What's causing yeah. you to go back to doing those? Things? You know, and coping mechanisms. That's what I was getting into. You know, what coping mechanisms, excuse me, what are coping mechanisms that you run to, you know, whether they're healthy or whether um, they're unhealthy and everything, because I'm a strong mental health advocate as well. Um, and so I see things uh, in the mental health field when it's like, okay, what made you go back to the addiction that you said that you'll never go back to again? Or what made you break? If we're talking about God, if we're talking about covenant and marriage, then what made you cheat? Like what made you go there? What made you think that? Or what made you uh, even wrong your friend? You know, what made you betray your friend? You know, what happened um, and dig deeper, like, you know, dig into those roots um, and, find out truly like what it is that you could be dealing with because sometimes um uh, if you're struggling um with sexual sin and everything like that then it's like you're you have an anger deep inside you or you're frustrated and this is the only way that you feel like you can find release or relief um in a way that helps you feel better uh and everything but then you're filled with guilt then you're filled with shame then you're filled with uh, condemnation and all these other things, you know, um, and you have to think about all of those things. Uh, and before we go to the next topic, because this becomes a ongoing debate in the kingdom and I guess religion, I don't know. Bottom line is, someone had someone said there is no place in scripture that connects sex and temptation. They said that a while back i don't know what we were talking about um but any thoughts on that and someone also said what is sexual sin it's the same person actually jonathan my regards mm. and hold on so uh well I, back to that yeah yeah well i don't know i mean i could think of a couple I, I, like for instance that joseph situation yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, if you, I don't know if there's technically the word tempted or is there. Um, I, I do often think about Hebrews where it says there's no temptation that is uncommon to man, but he did 
suffer temptation in every way that we are tempted. And he's the author of Hebrews is talking about Christ. He's saying he was tempted in every way. So one day I preached a sermon, y'all, years ago. I preached it and I, and I could stand before the church and I was like, Jesus got horny. <laughs> and I was like, I said, Jesus got horny because in the book of Hebrews, it says there's no temptation that's not coming to man, but he suffered everything that we've been tempted. How are you going to say he suffered everything that we've tempted, but we was never, um, but, but the, one of the biggest temptations of men is sex. So the, the scripture, if, if he never experienced sexual temptation, then that scripture wouldn't be true that he suffered every temptation that men suffer. You see, so that, so, so it might, you might not see it like him, you know, in the garden of Gethsemane struggling, talking about, Oh, you know, sweating drops of blood because he want to be with a woman. No, he's sweating drops of blood because he was getting ready to do God's will. But another thing is, women gravitate towards men of power men of authority men with a voice he dims he displayed all those things with his healing with his preaching with his teaching so you can imagine the women of that day that were probably throwing themselves at him throwing themselves at his feet you know so i think jesus was tempted um sexually so, so that he he had to experience every temptation that man suffers so that he could help us deliver us from every temptation that we suffer as well. That's powerful. That's my take on that. Mm -hmm. And sexual sin falls into um, lust and sexual immorality um, and everything. Temptation is not just from sex. Like you can be tempted to drink. You can be tempted to go kick a little, like don't do this. But like, you know, you can be tempted. Somebody might be tempted to kick a dog. Like why would you do that? Like why are you tempted to harm somebody? Or why are you tempted to do those things? Uh, but temptation is something that's a challenge against the fidelity and infidelity of your obligation towards God. Um, and that is, that is something that's like it's, it's kind of that yes and no, um, and it's a consequence that follows behind it. You know, it's the consequence to your yes, it's the consequence to your no. Uh, are you going to kick that kid? Um, if you have children and they get on your nerves and you just, you just slapping them around for no reason, are you going to continue to do that? And knowing that it has an effect on them, um, that's a consequence. You get what I'm saying? And then the temptation um, of sexual sin, uh, can start with, he said, why do you consider being horny a sin? Being horny might not be a sin, but it can lead into that because you can fall into those things that your body, uh, which is natural, um, because your body releases those endorphins and everything like that, um, which can lead into uh, sin and falling into somebody else's bed or falling into your own hands. Right. And I and when I said it, I wasn't actually saying that because um, I did see that response that he put. I wasn't saying that being horny was a sin. I was saying that being horny is temptation. Right. And we know what you were saying. I'm saying to him because I was going to say that before you even responded when he when I was reading his comment. I wasn't saying that being horny, considering horniness as a sin. I was, when you talk about temptation mm -hmm. and sexuality are not connected. But yeah, I was saying that that can be a temptation, sexuality. Then you know what? Sometimes we just get so stuck in the scripture, we ain't we don't even use common sense sometimes. 
<laughs> How you gonna separate temptation and sexuality? How you gonna separate that? You you so stuck in the scripture, you don't think temptation and sexuality got the same thing? Come on, man. <laughs> like this will tell you, like I should not be having these type of conversations <laughs> after a time because I know how I would get, and I know like that's gonna lead me to feeling feels and everything. Listen, I know when I listen to my R and B and my slow jam music, it's gonna make me get in my feelings and send a hey big head text <laughs> message. It's like see that leave him alone, okay? Please leave him. <laughs> Or even, you know, um, that falls into even attention and validation, um, you know, with what the guy earlier uh, was saying in the comments. Why, you know, why do you feel tempted, you know, in that way to seek the attention of others um, and everything? That is the same, you know. So uh, even that itself um, can fall into that um, and everything. So moving on to the next. Mercy. Okay. <laughs> that I tapped into y'all lives and literally you start ministering to my soul both of you really? God, God will start speaking to me through you guys voice there have been times where I've listened to you Deontay there was a time where I've listened to you and you and you'll start speaking and I'm like oh okay you know because I end up meeting y'all through Stephan yeah and, and uh I'm like wow okay he really introduced me to some women of god they yeah. really really know jesus listen they, you don't know jesus there, there's no other way like if we don't know who listen if you <laughs> jesus you missing out for real because he's going to help you and even in those temptations because you was talking about uh there's no temptation that is uncommon to god like when we think about it um, when we struggle with things and we can move outside of sex, we can think of things of depression. Elijah, one of the greatest prophets in the Bible, struggled with depression and wanted God to kill him. And God just gave him a snack and told him to take a nap for he has a longer journey ahead of him. Because it's, it's the fact, like, you know, God was just like, I understand you want me to take you out the game right now, but I'm going to hold you close, okay? I'm going to send you some help because here, here's some angels for you. I'm going to give you some bread, okay? And it wasn't no cold bread, okay? This was hot and fresh bread, all right? And then he told him, go on, take a nap. Then he woke up, told him to eat some more. Because you have a journey, you need more food. You need more fuel for the journey ahead. So it's like, even if we want to bring that back into temptation, where it's like, this is why it's important to read the Bible. This is why it's important to develop that relationship with the Lord. Not saying that the temptations and everything is going to fall away. No, if we read the Lord's prayer, it says, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Where it's like, we're going to be tempted. But yet and still, yet and still, there, there's always, and the Bible also says that God will provide a way out when you are, when you are being tested. God will provide a way out, and then it's up to you, Bibu. It's up to you. Are you going to take the way out that He gave? It's like the house is on fire. You see the door, and there's a clear way out the door. Okay, and it's like, hey, let me not use the fire. Let me use a bottle of water because. Sometimes you need a little bit more tangible, like more realistic type of view. Mm -hmm. If you know that you are thirsty, mm -hmm. like, like you're parched, your mouth is dry, you're mm -hmm. thirsty, you're dehydrated and everything, but there's a bottle of water in front of you. And all you have to do is just drink the water. All you have to do is just open it and drink it. Are you going to let it sit there? 
No, you're going to take action. And that's exactly what we have to do when it comes to temptation. We have to take the action of praying, having those accountability partners, not only having accountability partners, but having that relationship and honest, open conversation with God. Like sometimes I think us as believers, we get caught in the bubble of like, oh God, I'm tempted. Lord, help me find a way out. Help me find a way out. Help me find a way out. Instead of God, you have to start asking strategic things. You know, I was just talking to Deontay the other day about strategic prayers. You got to go into the prayer strategically. Mm. I'm going to go into the presence of God and just like, God, thank you for today, which I do thank him for. It. But God, also, I struggle with this today. Why did I struggle with that? Mm. How can I overcome this thing? And so that next time that this struggle comes up, next time that I'm tempted to do this thing, how do I not fall into that? Mm. You want to put the practice you want to deal with all these things god what make what is making you depressed mm -hmm. what is tempting you in your singleness and what is tempting you to fall into the bed of, mm -hmm. a, of a man that you know that's not good for you mm -hmm. what's tempting you to keep falling into those places mm -hmm. is there something missing that's why i'm saying like it goes back into the coping mechanisms when you learn how to deal and cope with the temptations then you understand but first you have to have understanding of the word mm. how do i find this you asked me the first question of what is your favorite scripture of love you know and if it's mm. if I said that my favorite scripture is that we love because he first loved us that means if there is a missing link inside of me that feels like i'm lacking in love then i know that god has an answer in his word in psalm 23 the first verse that says for the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing so that means i'm not lacking in love i'm not lacking in peace i'm not lacking anything that i think i'm lacking i'm not lacking in finances i'm not lacking in friendships because god already he's my shepherd and a shepherd tends to his sheep a shepherd takes care a shepherd makes sure hey are you good hey are you are you all right and everything so it's like you have to make sure that you are dealing with those things that it's like you have to dig deeper and take it back to the word of like okay god this is what your word say if you physically praying then it's like god your word says that you know temptation has overcome is uncommon to you so you know that this very thing that i'm tempted with you also know what i'm feeling you also know how i need the way out because you say that you provide the way out so lord what's the way out and how can I walk that? And and not only that, don't stop there. Keep on going. Mm. Get strength right. the way out. Preach, preach it, sister. And preach it. <laughs> like, give me the strength to take the way out. Because can we be honest? Are we being honest on here where there's sometimes that you're being tempted? And you're like, God, I don't want to take the way out. God, this is fine. Uh, oh, I can be honest. See, see the way out and still don't do it. See the way out and still go to still go the way I want to go. I can be honest. But like, you know, I know you gave me this good old water, but you know it's some dirty water Kool Aid over there. Like I don't know about y'all, but like, my dogs they get fresh water. Sometimes they do. They they get fresh water, but yet mm. they'll go drink that nasty, dirty, filthy water that got God knows what in it. Like that's mm. the same thing. Like how do I, if God is giving you a way out in your temptation in the exact moment it's not even after the way because because we don't even want to talk about the aftermath mm. we don't even want to talk about the aftermath of when you were tempted and you still fell into sin mm. and god i got something 
I got something to say, but I don't want to. I want. I don't want to uh, speak if I, if Deontay want to say I'm, something. Because I'm just gonna mm -hmm. say sometimes we even have temptation with. Because I think you said um, you said something about maybe that person not being, you know, God's son or whatever. It sometimes be his son, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like God, this is supposed to be one of yours, and I'm over here. You sure? You sure? Listen, I thought I was saved, friends. No, 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 no. That's why I told the sister the other day when I was saying the thing about women messing with men outside the church. I was telling her, I said, there's some men in the church that don't mean you no good. And then there's some good men outside the church that just haven't made it to the church yet. You know, but, but um, my favorite favorite scripture concerning love yeah. is also in Corinthians. Well, yours was in Corinthians 13, but no, mine uh, wasn't. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. No, I just can't reference to it. Again. No, no. But uh, Corinthians 13, the end of it says now, and of course, the King James says charity, but we know it's agape. Mm -hmm. The end of it says uh, now abide of these things, faith, hope, and yeah. love. Right. But the greatest of yes. these yes. is love. Now, what I love about that scripture was one day I read it and, and I thought about all the things that God did through people's faith. Right. Whether it was healing, whether it was Jesus saying you could move a mountain, tell a mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. He said, this is what you. All like whether it was the woman with the issue of blood letting virtue coming out when Jesus didn't even know it. Who touched me? All the things that, that God was able to do through people's faith. And then for the scripture to say, but you know what's greater than faith? Love. Love. Love, love is that's powerful. Yeah. Because of the you we are saved by our faith. We are literally saved saved by our faith so if faith is that powerful and what's greater than faith is love wow that means love is real, real high up there yeah so that means that if faith can heal and love is greater then real love can heal you know what i'm saying can move mountains can do everything that faith can do can restore I, I wouldn't even go ahead real love but i would definitely say unconditional love unconditional love mm. is what overcomes everything because you know what is it was it mary j blige that was the i'm searching for a real love was that oh that's mary j blige you know but then when it comes to the unconditional love you know and somewhere in between genesis and revelations it says <laughs> that even where tongues may cease you know love abides like we have to think when god is talking about even these spiritual gifts that we have even these spiritual gifts that we have, whether we can speak in tongues, whether we can prophesy and do everything else, love, love still remains. Love, love still overcomes all of those things. Love tops everything, you know, and it goes right back into First um, John of we love because he first loved us. We can know what love is and know that love conquers all. And that's another one of my favorites right there. Love conquers uh, love overcomes a multitude of sin. I love that verse because that means 
that even that's why I asked that question that even when I'm tempted and felt falling to sin, God, your love has still overcame. Your perfect love drives out all fear. Oh, y'all want to talk about Bible, baby? Give me Bible, honey. Listen, y'all already know. Yes, and it's like you know those. That's that's a powerful thing, especially when it comes to that unconditional love, where it doesn't have conditions on it. See, our love has conditions on it. You're talking about the greatest love. Listen, our love has conditions on it, where it's like. You you I had a I had a um I had a conversation with a dude on Clubhouse <laughs> and um I was I was saying that unconditional love to me is not like real, realistic. Um and what I mean by that is like that's not to push back on what, what you're saying, but you're making me think about it. Um, long-term unconditional love in a relationship to me seems unrealistic. Um, and whether it's a friendship relationship or a romantic, and I say I say that to say what I mean by that is this: like sometimes a person asking you to love them unconditionally can turn into abuse. Um, and um. So when it becomes abusive, or, or like I've been saying this term for the last year, um, a lot of times people get bitter in relationships because they have, they're givers and they have given a lot. But the problem wasn't so much that they gave, the problem was that they continued to give to a taker. Sometimes givers, gra takers gravitate towards givers. So what I found being a giver myself, but sometimes dealing with very selfish women um, or even as very selfish male friends, I've had to learn that I can be in relationship with them, but I can't have them in my inner circle because I'm such a giver that the people in my inner circle need to be people who can also pour back into me. And um, I said, uh, so I've been saying this saying for the last year or so, a giver deserves another giver, but a taker deserves to be cut off. And, 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 and the reality is, I don't know necessarily know. So what basically, so he was pushing back on me. He was like, God commands us to unconditionally love. I said, show me it in the scripture. So show me it in the scripture. And then we broke down agape and we went to the Hebrew and all that in the Greek. And it didn't say that it meant unconditional love, but I was going back and forth with him because I was like, that's not unconditional love. It's love, but it's not, it doesn't mean I, Basically what I'm saying is this. I believe that love should be a circle. It shouldn't be a straight line. Love should be reciprocal in relationship, consistent, because eventually as human beings, now God is able to love without maybe receiving love back. But as human beings in relationship, eventually if I keep loving you and you never return and you never reciprocate and I'm always picking you up, but you can't never give me no gas money or you want to stay in my house and not pay no rent for 10 years, eventually, at some point, you're going to have to pour back into me. You're going to have to contribute. You're going to have to reciprocate some energy back to me, or I'm going to have to release you. You know what I'm saying? And that's not because I don't, that's not, that I don't have, to, like, God is not requiring me to be abused by you. That, that's what I mean by that in that regard. You know what I'm saying? Um, when it comes to unconditional love, I don't feel like that's 
realistic in relationship. You need to be in relationship with people who can pour back. What, what, what you think about that? I agree. I'm like, well, I'm dealing with something like that right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Representation but, is important. Yeah, I'm sorry, Christian. Yeah. I'm not. I'm sorry. Huh? Oh, I said, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go yeah, ahead. But no, I was just saying, reciprocity. Yes, what is it called? Reciprocity. Reciprocity. Yeah, it's very, it's very important. Like, reciprocal. Yeah, it, you have to be able to reciprocate. Um, it should be a mirror to me of me loving you and you loving me back, at least at the same capacity most of the time. I'm not going to say all of the time, but most of the time. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be a question of whether or not, um, whether or not, because what happens is people start to wonder, like, do you really care about me? Because you don't show me the love that I show you. Are you taking my great, my love for granted, right? So mm-hmm. I agree with that a thousand percent. And after you answer this question, um, or after you answer or add, give feedback, Christian, I want the next question to be, is there ever a time or was there ever a time you questioned whether or not God loved you? That's a good mm-hmm. question. But um, yeah. well dang, because now I want to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Just flow with it, baby. Just flow with it, baby girl. <laughs> I'll give my feedback, but I think when it comes to the unconditional love, when I think of unconditional love, we're not perfect. Uh, we're not perfect beings, so sometimes it's not. It, it's let me not say it's not possible. It's hard to love unconditionally, you know, because there are conditions where it's like, okay, but this person is sexually assaulted me, so how can I unconditionally love them? Okay, you know, and then it's like, oh well, what about this person that's sitting in my face? What about Judas? Um, that's sitting right here at my table, that's eating my food um, and everything. And I pray for these people, you know, how can I unconditionally love them? And I think it goes back into um, defining what unconditional love is, you know, and we know um, that first of all, that God is love, um, you know, and that's, that was going to be my question to you, uh, Prince, you know, what, what would you say that unconditional love is? First of all, you know, like to me that, love without boundaries that's love without walls that's love without the conditions of um you know even though this person uh because if we take if y'all talking about the bible then we're gonna talk about the bible you know give me bible um mm-hmm. but if my enemy slaps me turn the other cheek and let him slap me too now i'm gonna let now i'm gonna tell you if somebody come up and slap me it's <laughs> Uh, you ready? But yeah, the that, well, that's what. Well, that's why I say. You know, I think when it comes to us humans, um, because God is so divine and He is so big and He is able and He has the capacity to have that unconditional love. Us as human beings, like we're striving, and it's like, God, how can I show this person love? How can I be more like Jesus, you know, and tell these people, forgive these people that has crucified you on this cross and tell them like, hey, they don't know what they're doing, but yet and still I forgive them. You get what I'm saying? Like it's that unconditional love and the love of God is in itself is unconditional. But when it comes yeah. to beings, we we put conditions on our love. That's why I was saying like yeah. Before, well, well, yeah, and I and I think it's I think it's I think it's good to love. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I think it's good to love. I don't necessarily know 
if we're commanded to unconditionally love. When I think of what unconditionally love to me, when you say, um, like you said, love without limits and love without boundaries. So, and, and, and that's why I, I, I did, I feel like unconditional love can be realistic. Mm -hmm. I just feel like long-term unconditional love can't be realistic because eventually, like you said, you might, you might, I'm, I might even be able to turn the cheek once. I might even be able to turn the cheek twice, but keep slapping your boy Prince. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You gonna see some of that thuggish, ruggish bone days come up out me. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think in, in humanness, I, I think we have to be re real with who we are as humans. I think we should always strive to be the, uh, the best versions of ourselves. But I don't know if, uh, when I think of unconditional love, I think of loving without any conditions. And I don't want to be in a relationship like that. I don't mind having conditions on our, on your, our relationship in love. Like, for instance, let me tell y'all like this. Like, I got a friend. And I had a conversation with her because when we, we would talk on the phone a lot about different things. Wasn't romantic or none of that. But when she feel like not talking, she won't respond to my texts or answer my calls, right? And I told her, I said, I, I let her know, I said, I don't even know if you lying on the side of the street dead. So at least, at least you could say, I don't feel like talking. At least communicate something. I put a condition on our relationship. I, I, I let her know, I was like, I'm not gonna consistently be in friendship with you if you will communicate. You know what I'm saying? And you ain't even got to sit on the phone with me for hours and hours, but you're going to have to tell me you are right. Because I, for all I know, you lying on the side of the road dead somewhere and you're not communicating. So that's going to be a condition of this friendship. You know what I'm saying? If you if you want to consistently be in friendship with me, you're going to have to let me know something. You ain't got to talk to me all day, but let me know something. <laughs> let me know something. So I think there's some, I, I think it's okay. I think we, we can be okay with, having conditions on certain things and stuff like that. And I'm going to have love for her, but I'm not going to let her consistently pick me up and drop me when she feel like it. And then you call me three months later and you text me, hey, Prince, how you doing? Because now you ready to talk. And I'm supposed, and God's calling me to just keep loving you. But then when my mom, if somebody in my family dies or something like that, and I need to talk with you, I can't reach out and I can't communicate with you. No, God's not calling me to be abused. God's not calling me to be mistreated, right? God's calling me to be used, but he's not calling me to be abnormally used. He's not calling me to be abused. You know what I'm saying? Amen. No. You know what I'm saying? God's calling me to be used. He's not calling me to be abused. So, and even when he called Jesus to cru be crucified, I truly believe this, y'all. God will never bring a crucifixion without bringing a resurrection. It's not, not the will of God for him to bring, take you through pain, nails, suffering, whips on the back, uh, uh, dying on a cross, unless he gonna resurrect you. That's God is not in the business of just beating you down and not bringing a resurrection. So God has a purpose even for the pain that we go through, but he got something on the other side of the pain. It don't stop at the pain. You feel me? That's not God. That's not God's will. That's not God's love. God's love is, I'm going to crucify you, but when it's all said and done, I'm going to resurrect you, and you're going to be the first of many brethren that's going to that's 
bring my family back up with that's going to be a circle of love so i just I, I i hear what you're saying with the love thing and i think we should love but we also got to stop being these people who allow ourselves to be trampled on you know what I'm saying? That, that that's all I'm saying like that, Queen. I I, I think y'all picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Definitely um boundaries, you know, and I had to look up uh is condition the same thing as a boundary. Um and it says conditions are set by your mind and ego, but boundaries are set on your heart space, um, and everything. Um, but you just said something though, like even when it comes to the resurrection of Christ, like I've read the story multiple times, you know, and I was always so fixed on like, God, you died on the cross for me. God, thank you. Like you died on the cross for me. Thank you. Um, but then I had this whole revelation and this whole eye opener of like, God, you didn't only send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for me, but you also told him to get up. Like he got up from the grave and that like, it hits me and it, I'm, getting emotional now but like it brings me to tears now because i'm like god you love me so much that you got up like jesus got up like you didn't stay down you could have stayed in the grave but yet and still like you got up um and that hits closer to home so many times because um i don't know about y'all but i think sometimes we can come complacent in our walk with christ especially when we've been in a relationship with christ for so long uh, sometimes it's easy to become complacent and it's like oh yeah you know jesus christ died on the cross for his sins but not only that when you realize like he also got up you know how much it takes um when someone has killed your dream to pick that dream up again and you know how much it hurts and knowing that you got to go through this pain knowing that you got to go through that like i think of those things um like that just making it make sense in tangible form um as well and so yeah i really want to get to your other question well well you went into my other question after that question and it was about well the ultimate sacrifice right mm. god loving us so much that he literally used his son to redeem us, right? Or to, yeah, to, to redeem us, right? Yeah. He, well, there's many different ways I can go on that one. But Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. But it was all because of the love of God. He didn't want to, he didn't want to punish us the way he did in the Old Testament. So he decided this is a new solution. Um, that Jesus would die for our sins, and here we are with the ultimate sacrifice. But the 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 beauty of it that He resurrected. So I'm glad y'all went right into that segue. I don't you don't have to talk about it because y'all went right into it. But was there ever a time where you battled with the question of Does God really love me? And you started going into a Christian, or maybe that was um, Prince, but. Was there ever a time? Is that what she asked yeah. me? Yeah. Yes. You question whether there has been. Loved you. Yeah, there has been. Um, when I went through my divorce, different people, different people uh, deal with divorce differently. It was very tough for me. Um, and and I would I, I would venture to say that it was one of the lowest moments in my life, where I was um, basically like questioning a lot of things my relationship with god because at the time when i was married i was preaching in the shelters of atlanta three times a week 
I was um, a minister at my church. I was paying my tithes faithfully, faster till I was blue in the face, 40-day juice fat. I was doing everything. I felt like I was, you know, giving volunteer work, giving the people in my church, being an usher at my church, cleaning toilets, doing whatever I had to do. I'm never one of these people that was like, what's your five-fold ministry? I'll always be like, I will be whatever God needs me to be at the time he needs me to be it. If he needs me to evangelize, I'll evangelize. If he needs me to prophesy, I'll prophesy. If he needs me to clean the toilets at the church, I'll clean the toilets. Whatever God needs me to be at the time he needs me to be it, that's what I'm going to do. Um, even though I, I really flow in, in more evangelical probably than anything. But um, I questioned during my divorce, what you know, a lot. And um, I began to say within myself consistently, you're a failure. Uh, I said, you're a failure. You're a failure. You failed. You, you failed. You failed. And it was Joel Osteen one day that began to bring me out of the um, tunnel of my own negative thoughts. Um, I was sitting down and Joel Osteen came on. And after months after my divorce of me telling myself I was a failure internally, um, he said something. He said um, in his sermon, he was like, quit calling yourself a failure. And he instantly got my attention because I was kind of like I had the TV on, but I wasn't really paying attention. And when he said, quit calling yourself a failure, he instantly got my attention. I started paying attention to the TV. I was like, I had been calling myself a failure internally um, for months. And he was like, you may have failed at something, but it doesn't make you a failure. He said, if you stole something when you was five, you wouldn't go through your whole entire life calling yourself a thief. So that isolated event don't define who you are. You know what I'm saying? And it was the first time in months that that I began to feel like, oh, and he began to, you know, go into the love of God and everything like this. But there was a, a big part of me was like, if God, if you love me, if you did this, why did you allow my my marriage to 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 get lost? You know, why, why did you allow me to, for it to fail and everything like that if you really love me so much? Um, and eventually God spoke to me and brought me to tears one day, y'all, and restored my faith in his love for me through a, a sermon that T.D. Jakes was preaching. And I was listening to the sermon and I, he was basically talking about friendship and God being your friend and how um, a friend doesn't always tell you what you want to hear or do what you want them to do, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not your friend. And the, he was saying how, how sometimes people who tell you what you want to hear are not your friend. Like the, the lady at the store might be like, uh, you might say, how does dress look on me? And she'll say, the lady who's selling the dress, she said, oh, it looks great on you. Oh, it looks so good. You know what I'm saying? And realistically, you need a friend that'll say, nah, baby girl, that dress don't look good. That don't fit you right there. That don't compliment you. A friend sometimes going to tell you what you don't want to hear, right? And so he helped me to understand just because God didn't do everything that I wanted him to do or always tell me everything that I want to hear don't mean that we not close. You know what I'm saying? Man, don't mean he don't love me. It just mean that he not going to do everything that I want. So I, I, I questioned that that love and that love um, was restored back in me. And love doesn't mean agreement all the time. Love doesn't mean doing everything that the person wants you to do. You know what I'm saying? That's not, 
not what love is, you know? Mm -mm. But uh, I know that was a long drawn out No, that answer, was powerful. I mean, that was a real life situation and I loved your feedback and I loved your perspective, so. Yeah. Um, I like what I Am Future Focus said, uh, love is the greatest because God is love. There is no greater love than him. And that that's period, you know, and I think that leads into my answer um, of I haven't, as far as I know, uh, and as far as my regulation, I'm just like, I haven't ever questioned if God loves me. It was more of if people, um, you know, and I'm like, well, God, why did they do this? Or like, if they say that they love me, then like, why would they do that? You know, and so, um, but it's always then God's love. I know that I'll answer the question as I've I know that it's God's love that I has all that I have always been able to run back to where I'm like, God no, I know that you love me and I know that your word says that your perfect love drives out all fear. So I don't have to be afraid. Um I don't have to be fearful of what these people um are capable of or I don't have to worry about these things and everything like that you know and i asked the lord i'm like god you love me like you know and even though i'll be you know playing or whatever like god will definitely be like you know i love you daughter you know i love you so much you know um and it just continues to bring me into um that new revelation you know of like i love jesus like and y'all you know y'all have both experienced um me doing that um, me being in love with God so much where I'm like, God, I love you so much um, and everything and standing in that love of God um, and even abiding there and even running back um, when I feel the pressures of this world becoming so much where I'm like, God, it's your love that always embraces me um, and everything. So it hasn't um, been a question of like god do you love me uh, or questioning if god loves me because also i understand that um even in things that don't feel good you know uh, i have faced uh sa before um uh, and it has <laughs> been a whole journey of healing um and everything and that's been a moment where i got real with the lord where i'm like no more holding back jesus like i need you to show me the purpose of this like why has this happened and more of like you know why did you allow this to happen you know and it's always to overcome in a greater way but also to help others um overcome and so uh, i don't know if that answers your no, question another real scenario like um you know, someone else will definitely, I mean, I've heard so many testimonies. There was a woman, I don't know if I shared it with mm -hmm. you. She also dealt with essay. And for those who don't know what that is, a sexual assault and hers happened in the church. And she literally started hating God. Mm -hmm. Literally. She literally just went <laughs> like out there and it's not funny, but she literally became a witch, mm -hmm. literally. So, but the the and literally was out here saying she hate god like literally um but the testimony is so powerful because god still even when she was being demonized and 
she went through all like demonic manifestations and encroachments and like in real life, not in a dream, in real life. She was worshiping different deities and she had different spirit guides, like all kind of crazy stuff going on. God still redeemed her. He still loved on her. He still welcomed her back. So now she's an evangelist. I think she's a prophet too, but she's an evangelist. I know for sure for Christ. And she could speak from that perspective, right? Because he will turn everything around for your good anyway, right? So um, someone listening out here might have a similar scenario like, you know, why did God let this happen to me? God must not be real because that's what she was thinking too. Like, he, like she was just going in. Okay, and, I'm, I'm sending you and, the, the, the testimony. You never saw it. And, but it definitely, um, what happened, what kept me coming back to God in those moments is because God's love never proved me wrong. You know, even because I had to, I had the mindset of like, oh, like these people, you know, you can't trust them. You know, you got some trust issues with people. You need to go deal with it. But even in that, I'm like, God, even when people have been fickle, even when people have hurt my feelings, even when people have physically hurt me, I'm just like, God, I can still run back to you and know that you're opening your arms to me. Um, even when we were talking about earlier about uh, temptation and sin, even when I have done sin and done wrong and everything, I'm like, God, I know I can always run back to you because you're welcoming me with open arms. And uh, I would say that it drives me deeper into his love instead of running me away um, because he has proven time and time again where I'm like, God, you've blessed me exceedingly abundantly above all I think I ask. God, you have shown me, uh, you know, and even when uh, I have had those feelings of like, you know, like, okay, Lord, like, you know, these people, like, they don't love me and everything. And then you have this little girl running up in the grocery store that doesn't know me from here to there, giving me a hug. And like, I love you. Like, that's a real scenario that has happened. And that proves God love for me. And I'm like, wow, God, thank you that even when people are acting up um, and showing out that it drives me deeper into your love to know that I can find what I need in you. I can find that greatest love um in the love of god like in his arms in his presence um and everything like that and so i think that that has been the most beautiful part of this uh testimony and of my life and everything that it drives me deeper into the love of god uh because i'll be like me and god rock like this like tighter than you know anything so um it's definitely drove me deeper into the love of god right amen um for myself Right now, I can't really think of a moment where I felt like God, where I literally said to myself, like, you know, God, you must not love me. But I will say this. I do remember my grandmother dying uh, when mm -hmm. I was 17. I think that was probably, and then two years later, my boyfriend dying. I think in that time frame is where I had a huge disconnect from God. Like, I'm like, my grandmama? <laughs> The person like I love the most, and then the man that at that point in my life loved me the most and was very intentional with me, mm -hmm. he just died for no reason, right? In my mind, for no reason, helping somebody, he dies. Um, it was hard, and I and that's when I started to fall away, fall away from just praying altogether. Um, and I, I would say that was probably evidence of just not having a relationship with God, not even seeking him at all, like not even, you know, caring 
about anything. Um, so it is by the mere grace of God that, you know, I did come back to the right mm -hmm. side, right? I didn't, I didn't fall by the wayside. And actually, three years after he got killed, I wound up getting baptized um, mm -hmm. for the first time by the grace of God. And I don't even know how I got back. I'm thinking, like, how did I even get back in there? But it was by one of my exes, another ex. He wound up bringing me to the church one day. And um, this man's testimony was so powerful. I was just like, oh, my goodness. And I just love the way he preached. But still, I have to say, I think that, death, that the deaths that I dealt with in life was probably one of those moments where I felt like maybe, you know, God doesn't love me. But now um, I just feel like all. All of those things just had to happen, especially with the ex passing away. It just had to happen. Um, and even now, I, I seen how God was trying to even warn me about his death, right? So that's a whole nother testimony for a whole nother day. But <laughs> those moments helped um, me realize I was prophetic. It helped me realize my calling. Um, even the... the darkest moments with my baby daddy those moments i i heard god when i was in a crisis i heard christ right so we now i can say thank god for those moments because i wouldn't even be the person i am today yeah um yeah but no this was really great y'all i don't have any other questions i don't want this live to cut off because you know instagram you well <laughs> but, but no this was really great i felt like we hit on everything for those who missed everything we were talking about, this was like phenomenal. What? Happy Love Day. Uh, we talked about the greatest love, the love of God. Mm. Oh, we didn't talk about self-love. That was one thing we didn't talk about. But we got, hold on. All right, we talked about <laughs> Um, Any pointers on self-love and identity, mm. Christian? And then I'll turn that question over to you, um, Prince, as well. What'd that say? Love. It's a Valentine's oh. Day cute everything um ask me the question one more time please any pointers any advice on self-love and also dealing with your identity in christ so at the beginning of 2020 when the pandemic happened <laughs> um i asked the lord i said god show me what true identity is and show me what true love is and that's when i started to learn even more uh that each and every single day uh, is a blessing from the Lord. And there's something in each day that he's going to show you that he loves you, whether God, you love me so much that you provide for me because I've never seen a skinny bird before and you've taken care of me. I'm eating. Prince is in the kitchen right now. So I know God love him because he's cooking us something good. <laughs> okay. You know, um, even in the moments where it's been at my worst um, and knowing that people have been fickle, people have been like, you know, I have always fell back on God as long as I'm loving other people and I'm loving you, then I'm able to love uh, myself. And even the other way around, if I'm loving myself, I can love people better. Um, and I think that that's something that we have to really learn. And if you have not learned it, I suggest that you learn it early, that the more that you love yourself, and that's just not uh, sometimes we think self-love is like, you know, painting our nails, you know, getting our hair done, getting a haircut, whatever it is, buying a new outfit and everything. But self-love is really realizing uh, and finding out in this journey of who you are, um, who you are in Christ, you know, that falls into true identity because I have many hats that I wear, many 
things that titles and everything that people can call me but at the end of the day when all of those titles and everything is stripped away and if they do are stripped away i know that my identity stands as a daughter of god at the end of the day because that is who i am um and everything else is just you know uh decoration as i like to get it's like the earrings you know this the outfit is cute but the you know the earrings add a little pop to it and so that falls into uh self-identity and self-love you know you learn how to uh love yourself more uh when you aren't taking as much disrespect when you're able to tell people no if you're a people pleaser um when you're not searching for validation and you're not thinking so hard about the rejection and everything you're able to love yourself more because you understand that hey i accept myself for who i am i have red quirks and everything like that i'm loud funny hilarious laughing and everything and i love myself so much that i understand that's who that's a part of who I am and everything. And I embrace that part of me. And I think that's something about self-love um, too, that we have to be able to embrace those parts of us, embrace those even pains where it's like, you know, essay is not an easy, easy thing to deal with, but I have to accept like that is a part of my journey and it makes me love myself. And it actually dug me deeper to learn even more um, about myself and learn more about you know my future who who do i want my future husband to look like you know what what characteristics do he hold um and everything like that and so um and it's like i said it falls back into uh, the love of god uh and everything helps me to love myself more because you know sometimes you have to look in the mirror and tell yourself you know and pray to god god listen jesus i need you to help me to love these weird things about me you know your hairline might start all the way back here but you know god can help you listen god can help you you know <laughs> and become and the more thing the more you love yourself the more boldness comes with it the more that authenticity comes with it the more that confidence comes with it and everything like that and so um and i'll end with this stand strong in your identity uh at the end of the day and stand strong and continue to love on people um and continue to love on yourself and continue to love god because he loves you very much so much <clears throat> that was beautiful that was awesome that was awesome i would say that if you don't really love yourself then you don't love God because God is in you. So it's so important that you love yourself because that's how you love God. And also how we love God is displayed in how we love others. But it's going to be very difficult to keep loving people if you don't love on yourself properly, if you don't know how to love on yourself properly, if you don't take care of yourself properly. So self-love is not selfish. Mm -hmm. It's, it's important that you, that you, that, that loving on yourself will help you to love others better. It made me think about Jesus when he was, uh, he did this thing where he fed 5,000, um, not including women and children. And then after he poured out, he went to a secluded place. And many times in scripture, you see Jesus breaking away to a secluded space, loving on himself, replenishing doing the thing that he needed to do, not just so that he could sip my ties and kick back in Tahiti, but so that he could come back and keep pouring. And one of the mistakes that people make by not loving themselves is they get exhausted and they get bitter with people tugging on them because 
you never replenished. You never took care of yourself to, and you, so that you could come back and keep pouring out. So that's, it's, it's so important that you do love yourself for those reasons and uh, forgive yourself and believe in yourself. Because I know many Christians who believe that God is able, but they don't believe that they're able. They believe that God can do something, but they don't have faith that they have, can, can, can do something. And it's time out for just believing that God can do it. Start believing in the God in you. You know what I'm saying? And and don't just believe in God, but also believe in you. Believe in the ability. Because yeah. he said, I have given you the power to create wealth. So there's a power within us. You know what I'm saying? To do things. Yeah. So that's what I would say when it comes to self-love. It is important. It is important shoot maybe even that you be a little selfish sometimes but only so that you can pour back and keep giving of yourself amen that was so good you made me forget what i was gonna say but (laughs) what i will say about um what i will say is those who are listening i hope this blessed you i want you guys to ladies and gentlemen to remember that you should be choosing God's love over the world's love what God what God says about you is more important than what the world says about you and once you know what God says about you by reading his word you're not, not going to tolerate just anything and that's it that's just the bottom line you're not going to tolerate um, low vibrational people you're not going to tolerate people treating you any old way because you're a father has put you to a standard okay but a lot of people don't know that because Mm. they don't know what god says about them Mm. okay and we'll do a whole other podcast on what he says about you but in the meantime Mm -hmm. go back and listen to this podcast it blessed me in so many different ways i got some reevaluating to do with my own self okay (laughs) (laughs) and i do think christian dear christian everybody go follow her christian with a y and Prosperous Prince, you can find them both on Instagram. And you can hear the replay of this podcast on all podcast platforms. So that's uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everywhere. So make sure you go subscribe to the podcast, Journey to Develop Her. And God willing, we'll be back next week with more content, okay? And also uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, all right? Y'all be blessed. Y'all have a great night. Love you all. Love Love you. you.